we talking about today? Talking about politics and how it affects the market in election years. A Biden outcome, how a Biden uh, victory or a Trump victory would uh, affect the markets. Well, and beyond that, the Congress. But before we get into that, I want to make it clear that we're not supporting one party over the other. We're not picking one party over the other. We're just eating the situation that could develop from those presidential candidates. I'm Patrick so, Morgan, NRIA with Delta Investment Manage- Management. And we have Andrew Shacker, an economist. Hello. <laughs> so let's start with the first half. Yeah, the first part. So, of course, no one here is uh, in- endorsing any uh, candidates. So it's just for it's more of a mental exercise. So let's look at the likelihood of a Biden uh, campaign victory. Well, let's, Biden, let's uh, recap. You know, if you didn't get a chance to watch our last video on deflation, we urge you to catch it. But at the end of that video, we talked about gridlock. And I think that would be maybe more more realistic of what could potentially happen come November is is a gridlock. And that's where we have a Republican or Democratic presidency. And then the other Republican or the other party holds the Senate and the House. And like we talked about in the last video, that's very good for markets, markets like that, because they know that politicians aren't going to get anything done so it's let's go make money in the stock market because they they know things are going to kind of be consistent they like things that are they know what's going to happen and in a gridlock they know nothing's going to get done and and the parties just have the interest of keeping business going as usual what was the last uh, gridlock that we have in recent u.s history i want to say off the top of my head and i could be wrong but i want to say newt gingrich and clinton we had a Gingrich uh, House majority. He was the majority leader, as I remember, and Clinton. And he was it was gridlocked like that for almost, I think, all eight years. I think wasn't the first term of Biden gridlocked? Of who? Biden? Or not Biden? Uh, Obama. Obama. Obama and Biden. I think we also had a gridlock with Obama as well. But and typically during the gridlocks, interest rates are gonna stay the same, so we can kind of rely on that. The dollar is gonna be neutral for the most part. Um, real estate will be stable during a gridlock, and equities will kind of be in a, in a Goldilocks period. Like I said, it's corporations and people are just gonna be let's go make money in the market. We know things are gonna be stable, and so stocks are just gonna keep going up beyond that. Well, so. Let's let's break it down for a second, though. So in my mind, uh, you know, the presidential candidates and the two parties in the U.S., they mostly di- how will that affect the markets? I think the, it depends on, you know, three or four major factors which uh, the two parties differ on. And those would be probably interest rates, right, regulation, uh, taxes, and uh, I guess you could say money supply, but that's probably intertwined there with interest rates. Um, what do you think? I, I know we're talking about the gridlock scenario, but what about, let's just look at it. Let's say there is a Democratic majority, just for the sake of a mental exercise, and a Biden presidency. What do you think that, how would that affect taxes, regulation? Well, know, off the top of yeah, so Biden presidency and, and he controls the, the Senate and the House 
um, markets typically when there's a change in leadership like that will have a knee-jerk reaction. Um, so we can just like we saw, you know, a knee-jerk reaction one way or another could be down, could be up. You know, when we had the change of leadership to uh, Republican when Trump was elected, we had a knee-jerk reaction up. Um, <clears throat> on the Biden side, it'll probably be a knee-jerk reaction on the way down. Um, interest rates will probably stay the same or maybe go lower um, because Democrats like interest rates um, down. But um, taxes and regulation, you know, taxes are going to go up, regulation is going to go up, you know, so corporations aren't going to like that aspect of it because it's, you know, we've been deregulating for under Trump and if Biden takes over, we'll, we'll get more regulations and more, more government involvement, which corporations don't like. So, and taxes, he's already talked about taxes going up, so we can anticipate corporate tax going up. In terms of the investor, uh, Biden, uh, and it's not totally clear, but I've seen, and I need to be fact-checked on this, but if I go on the Biden website, uh, a few months ago before he chose Harris as the VP, he was saying he wants capital gains taxed at income rates. And then now you go there and I think the updates are that it's going to be as high as 40% on the capital gains tax. Capital gains tax is obviously the big one for investors, right? I mean, people are holding long, you know, unless you're a day trader. So. 40% to all the way to income tax rates, and he wants to raise the income tax rates to Obama levels, right? So 39.75 or whatever it was, I don't know. But what is that gonna, what impact would that have on stocks, you think, to have such a, such a huge jump now uh, in the capital gains tax uh, if, a, if, a, if a Biden majority, a Democratic majority wins in November? What would that? What would what would investors do? Do you see stock prices going down? Could they go down? I mean, would they go up? With to me, wow. in my opinion, sorry, but in my opinion, I just feel like, uh, you know, what is the shareholder? The shareholder gets what's left of the company, but if the company is going to be taxed to the nines. Uh, <laughs> the major shareholder of the corporation is going to be the U.S. government, and the investors get kind of the uh, the breadcrumbs. But what, what's your take on that? Well, you're talking about two, you have two topics there, taxes for the corporation side. And yeah, it's going to, if, you know, corporations are taxed higher, it's going to reduce the earnings that are going to pass down to shareholders because they're paying more right. taxes. Um, and then also taxes on the capital gains of investors. You know, if, if they really think that that's going to be happening, I think it's going to be people front end loading the sale of their stocks. So if, if they know or feel that Biden is going to be raising capital gains tax like that, people just might front end load the end of this year, sell a lot of their stocks so that they don't have to pay the higher tax capital gains when Biden becomes presidency, if he implements that. Um, as far as after that, it'll just be people hanging on to it until maybe a change in leadership and they can change that again. You know, it just goes back and forth every time we get a new candidate in office or a new party in office, they just flip flop and take away everybody else's changes. So. Um, yeah, it'd come down. I think it'd come down to an individual of what they'd want to do. You know, there's definitely going to be more loopholes on the tax side, and and taxes is going to be a video that we're going to talk about um, of ways to, to help reduce your taxes. So to help people, if if that day does come, we can we can kind of teach them some strategies to to help reduce their tax bill. So you're saying, so let's back it up a few seconds. You're saying if if people see that Democrat majority win. Are there, is there going to be a, could there be a sell-off because of that 
because of that, you know, that pros prospective uh, capital gains hike. If enough people feel that he's going to, you know, because he'll start putting together his agenda more and more. So if enough people feel that that's going to happen, it would be it would be a way out, you know, people selling off their stuff now so that they don't pay the tax in 2021. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's just an option. I'm not saying that, you know, that's for sure what's going to happen, but it's I could see people doing that. Much like if corporate tax, you know, buybacks, corporate buybacks have been down for 2020. And if Biden becomes elected and tax rates are going to go up for corporations, you could maybe see a lot of corporations front end load their buybacks before the end of the year um, to juice their numbers and things like that so that they don't have as many taxes in 2021. I see. That's concerning. Um, <clears throat> what about, let's flip it. I know, you, we, again, we've said gridlock is the most likely scenario, but right now we just talked about a Democratic majority in the House, Senate, and the presidency. What about, let's flip it uh, and do the inverse of that, a Republican majority. What, where do you think that goes? You know, right now, the Trump bump has never stopped, right, with, with the exception of COVID, right? And it's it's now we're back at all time highs. What do you think would happen if uh, if the status quo continues? That we have a, a Republican majority in the in the Congress, and and Trump stays. Is the Trump bump going to continue going up, or, or what do you see? Um, as far as the economy, I could see because again, people are going to know what's going to happen. So the stock market, I could see keep going up because. We're going to get probably more tax cuts. You know, they're already talking about tax cuts and pushing through more tax cuts. We'll get more deregulation, which corporations like. Um, interest rates will probably go higher, you know, because the Fed usually is going to lean against them and, and fight them. Um, so interest rates might go higher. But I can see the stock market still kind of continuing on consistently. It won't be, it won't be a shoot up, you know, maybe, but it'll be a consistent chug higher. Because people will probably investors won't see much worry uh, on their bottom line and, and there might be more volatility just because you know there's going to be unrest and and fighting and things like that but um for the for the most part higher you know we don't ever go up in a straight line but it'll it'll kind of chug higher and just more volatility well then my question is let's say you know back it up 30 seconds you said a tax cut <clears throat> and i'm sure that's on the table i mean he was already talking about that trump was already talking about that but uh, my question then is, if we have a tax cut, uh, we're talking about increased deficits because I'm guessing, right, I'm willing to bet that we're not going to be having any discussions about the debt ceiling or lowering government uh, expenditures. And I think it's also foolish to think that uh, the Democrats uh, want to cut government spending as well, right? So let's say Biden gets in there and he increases the taxes, you know, dramatically, it's still not going to make a dent in the deficit and the debt because they're going to increase. Let's assume they're going to increase spending already. Now we're talking about Trump and a Republican uh, win. We have lower taxes, right? Do you see uh, lower spending happening or do you see the deficit uh, increasing and the national debt increasing? And if so, it's kind of a two part question here. But if so, won't that have some effect? Uh, on the money, on the on the credibility of the dollar. I think both sides are gonna print to no end. Your the the Republicans are gonna print because they want to 
spend more on a on a wall and more on on military and and maybe some on infrastructure and things like that. Um, and the the Democrats are going to spend because they want to give free money to the, to the poor and do more, um, you know, housing. Like if the Dems control the house, housing is going to be totally restructured because they're going to focus more on the poor, um, right. you know, equal opportunity housing and things like that. So I, I could see both inflating the balance sheet and spending, spending way more and, and increasing a, a deficit um, just because they, it's worked and people aren't bucking them. So they, they're just going to keep doing it. Keep kicking the can down the road and raising the debt ceiling no matter who wins. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's been only one president in history, and I think it was Reagan. No, not Reagan. It was it was Jeff, uh, Jackson. Jackson was the only one to to reduce the deficit to zero in history. Really? Yep. And I guess you could give a little credence to uh, Clinton as well. Didn't he balance the budget at least? And he, he brought down the national debt as well. But again, that's just playing around numbers, I think. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. So what else? Well, so if um, the Republicans do control um, some of the sectors that you're going to kind of want to keep an eye on um, are are treasury notes um, with increased interest rates and stuff like that. They're going to become more more attractive. Um, Small cap stocks. uh, avoid emerging markets just because tensions with China, tensions with Middle East, and things like that are, are going to stay stay pretty high, um, especially with China. China is going to be a, a huge a huge thing because of of the tariffs and all that type of stuff. Um, biotech sector is still going to be pretty risky. Um, healthcare will probably be worse because of more um, clamping down on on uh, big pharma and stuff like that. And uh, aerospace and defense should be pretty good because Republicans love spending on on uh, defense type of stuff. Even a Trump administration, I'm curious, what has been, uh, how much of that is propaganda that with the whole Nobel Peace Prize nomination because he hasn't really been pushing the military? Is that just, uh, has they have they really been increasing spending in the military even though there's been no new wars? Yeah. I think it will continue. They've, yeah, they've, he's he's put a lot a lot of money he's put towards. I mean, things that we should be putting towards education and infrastructure because we don't need a military anymore. I mean, the the days of us having gunfighting military, I feel, is gone. It's going to be all cyber war now from going on. So yeah, we we should totally, be, in my opinion, we should be cutting back on on government and, or uh, military spending and put it towards schools and and infrastructure and things like that, education. Let's go back a second. What about a Democratic win? You mentioned housing, more focus on housing. What does that mean? Like, um, are we thinking there's going to be, you know, even building of public housing? Like, um, like as AOC has been proposing in the Green New Deal. I think, I think they're proposing a few hundred thousand or a few million, some, some crazy number of just building houses and giving them away. So Soviet style. Is there going to be a is there a is there a stock uh, uh, play to be had in that line of yeah they might be requiring more um, low income in a certain project or development project you know they do a lot of that in California where a certain portion of a new development needs to be low income housing or you know Culver City is talking about a, a new four percent transfer tax 
you know, they're, they're talking about rent control, things like that. It's, it's going to be stuff like that that I think is going to pass or be more prevalent throughout the country um, on the real estate side for, for Democrats. Wow. Wow. So we're seeing I, I, it's, it's just interesting because it sounds like the cost of government is getting expensive, right? We can't keep up. Culver City is going to do something like that. It's not going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not going to have any dent in the national debt. That's a citywide thing, right? That's an LA thing. Where do you see this coming down the road? Like 50 years from now, are we going to have a time where we're going to go back where we're actually going to be able to balance the budget and have stable, have a stable 50% uh, debt to GDP ratio. You ever see something like that happening again? Or is this, uh, as they say, MMT, modern monetary theory, whatever, you know, like what is, I'm, I'm asking more of a macroeconomics question now. I mean, will things ever really kind of go back to normalcy? I don't think so. We're, we're beyond the ability. There's, there's no way. I mean, you ask any economist, any, any financial person, there's no way we can ever pay back the debt that we're at. It, it's, it's just impossible. There, there's no way. And it's just going to keep going until it, it blows up. You know, one of our next videos also is going to be talking about, you know, the gold standard. And and that's that's where we're heading. There there's no way about it. Yeah, yeah. And and to to bleed into your doom and gloom that you love to talk about, <laughs> our our currency, our economy is is doomed on the, on the path that we are on. There's there's nobody in in politics right now that is going to be able to help us. It's they're too too brainwashed, too self-centered, and not actually worrying about the the regular person. I absolutely agree. You know, I think it's funny when we get all polarized about the two different parties, because, you know, if you really look at it on the sidelines, right, and you just really try to take an interest in the nuances as to what are they actually arguing about, you really see there's no difference between them. I mean, it's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of lies, right? And I don't want to oversimplify it and just say it like it's lying, right? But it's just, it's too much, uh, it's too much fluff on top. And if you really go deep down and you see what the issues are, those are fundamental issues that, like you just said, I don't think there's a simple, a simple way to solve them. No. And, and, and I think it's funny, too, when people say things like, oh, you know, there's never going to be some structural problems with the dollar or, you know, the debt in Japan's 200 percent and growing. We can also be at 200 percent and growing. But the truth is that's not entirely true. There's a lot of nuances under there. And things another thing people say is, Oh, China, you know, they're just, we have a symbiotic relationship. They'll keep buying our debt. You know, they'll, they need us as much as we need them. But that's not true at all, right? And a trillion, what do they have? One, one and a half trillion in, in U.S. treasuries? That's a drop in the bucket. They don't care about that. They've already, I, I guarantee you, and I'm not Chairman Mao, I have no idea what's going on over there, but all the economists, all the big names are saying they've already gotten their central committee together and they wrote off that debt a long time ago. They said that's that's going to come back pennies on the dollar in real value, right? So when we when we when we pretend, I think, you know, guys on CNBC and the mainstream, when we pretend that oh, you know, nothing's going to change, MMT's fine because we're the dollar and everything's perfect and we can keep this, you know, kicking the can down the road forever. I don't think other people are thinking that. I don't think the people buying our debt are thinking that. I think they're just thinking like oh. 30 cents on the dollar, that's fine. Let's just hope we get it back. But let's just not buy anything in the future. And there's, that's an episode we can talk about for a whole other time. There, yeah, what? they're laughing at us. 
and and to back it up to talk about you know things on the surface it's just like all the bills that they pass you know the the bills that they pass they there's this one headline that they push that this is what the bill is about and then they have all these provisions underneath where it sends money here 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 and here and it has nothing to do with the main cause of the bill and it, it just it's just money that goes into their pockets and it's so corrupt and ridiculous and i wish i wish people would be more awake to how corrupt our system is and we talked about this too you know we've compared the u.s to china and everybody says that china is so corrupt and china is so corrupt the u.s is just as corrupt they're just better at hiding it than china is china's out you know talking hey we, we did this we did this you know whereas the u.s would hide that type of stuff I absolutely agree, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to, um, what is it, I don't want to abuse the word propaganda, but the truth is we have the Western media propaganda machine, and it's more fluffy, right? So we can do all these things, and we can make it look more innocent and well-intentioned in China. That's why we get away with it, right? I think when China does it, like you just said, we look at it like, oh, China is so bad or whatever. Uh, when we do it, we have a huge machine behind us. And we can really pull it off. We can really make the people's emotions, uh, we can assuage them very easily. But, you know, like you said, I think uh, kind of just to summarize what we've been discussing, whether it's going to be a Trump victory, a Biden victory, a gridlock, whatever, I think there's some structural issues that no one's talking about, that no one cares to talk about. And I think, um, I think whether or not we have some cosmetic changes on the tax rates, it's not going to change anything. It's 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 we. I think we're in for some hard times, regardless. It's the wealthy that know the ways around and know how to navigate this this economy. The the middle class, the lower, you know, the poor, they're the ones that get hit the hurt the most during any of these policy changes. You know, any any who's ever in presidency, who's ever in Congress, who, the laws that they pass are, you know, benefit the wealthy and hurt the middle class and the poor. I absolutely agree. I think we started hurting the middle class 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when we took the interest rates down to near zero. Now they're even more at zero. And, you know, I, I, I and we've talked about this, Pat, I think having interest rates, I remember I had a Washington mutual account back at the University of North Dakota, right? I put a few thousand bucks in there and I made 6% on a savings account, right? I mean, can you believe that? And I think every couple, every every month, I got 20, 30 bucks. I, I don't know the math off the top of my head, but I remember I felt the benefits of saving, right? And so I think savings and having having a savings account, having a having a real interest rate, that's such a, that is the deal. That is the, what do I want to say? That's the deal we made with society. That's the deal capitalism made with society. Society uh, said, capitalism said, hey, look. We're going to have all this uh, free enterprise. And the average man who has a job can also participate in capitalism and all these entrepreneurial ventures via the banks. Give us your cash. We lend out that cash and we mitigate the risk and we give you five, six percent on your money. Right. That was the way the middle class benefited just from being a, cit a citizen, a member of the capitalist society was having a reasonable rate of return on savings. We took that away, what, 10 years ago, 11 years ago? So I think that's what killed the middle class, like you just said. And I think the only reason the middle class hasn't screamed and shouted even more is because inflation, okay, it's, it's, it's creeping up. 
but they still haven't felt it enough, right? So you got 0% on your money now. Inflation is still eh, but I think once you supplement that 0% on your savings plus inflation, I think there's going to be hell to pay. And I think people are really going to start complaining. They're going to blame capitalism, or I hope they, I hope they don't blame capitalism. I hope they blame the government. I hope they, they see that, 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 that we don't really have capitalism. But does that make sense? I, I, think, I think the middle, I agree with you. The middle class has taken the beating, and I think that's really sad. Take, I'll take what you're talking about and, and take it to another level that, you know, you talk about inflation, has, oh, they haven't felt inflation yet, but they also, real wages have not increased. You know, if you, I've seen so many graphs, so many charts, and I, I should have had one ready. Um, real rate wages have been the same for the past 30 years. And I feel like the why people aren't complaining about that or why they aren't feeling that too is the media pushing other things for them to worry about. You know, whether it be, you know, SARS, COVID, whether it be a new, you know, a new election, this happening or whatever it may be, but there's always, for as long as I can remember, there's always been something bigger kind of pushing people, oh, we have to worry about this. We have this war, this is going on, you know, things like that. For, for people not to be complaining about what's going on and they're just happy with what they have. I think I, I absolutely agree. I think the distractions have been more and more. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I think the, the media, the government, they've really been pushing us to care about certain freedoms, right? I think all those ones you just listed. Another one I can add on to the list is privacy, right? Our data privacy. Uh, that's obviously an important thing, but you know, I think it was Milton Friedman. He said, "the the only human rights or the the most basic human freedom is economic freedom, right? And with economic freedom, you have mobility, and with economic freedom, you have you know you can have influence, and you can you have better uh, control of your decisions for data privacy or better medicine to mitigate COVID or any of that stuff." And so I absolutely agree with you that. All these other things are distraction. If the government was really effective, if the government really cared, uh, their main concern, their ninety percent of their energy would be focused on preserving economic or economic freedoms. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, and if you're interested in learning more about what type of categories or investments that we're looking at and picking for for these type of outcomes reach out to us at hello at wallstreetme.at. It spells meat. <laughs> Wall Street meat. Hello at wallstreetme.at. We'll be happy to talk to you.